0: Okay, well, I'm Daryl, I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's been a long time since I've uh, shared at this meeting. I've, I think it's been uh, uh, well over a year. And uh, gosh, it's a, a good time for me to, to be here. It's, uh, I'm uh, abstinent. Uh, well, let's just say that uh, if, if you go from the beginning I'm not going to claim perfect abstinence. Uh, I came here 34 years ago. I was 47 years old uh, when I got here. And I, I don't know why I waited that long, but uh, because I'd been a compulsive eater all my life. Uh, started uh, way back uh, when I was just a kid. And interesting enough, the uh, the reading today is about people pleasing. And that may have had an element in me uh, uh, becoming a compulsive overeater to start with. Uh, all my family pictures uh, show me as a really... Uh, a young uh, child, a uh, toddler, uh, as pretty much being normal weight. And then uh, when I got to be a, about five years old, I, I started showing some extra weight. Well, it's interesting. My brother was born when, uh, when I was four years old. And uh, I started, uh, I had this feeling and, and kind of trying to reconstruct things of how all those things started, uh, that uh, uh, I think that uh, something it had something to do with trying to to get my mom's attention, that uh, in watching her with my kids, uh, her grandkids, uh, I saw how she praised them when they ate well, and uh, when they ate all their food and everything. And I have a hunch, just a hunch, that uh, maybe that was an element in in. Uh, maybe trying to get mom's approval, trying to trying to please mom if I ate well, but the only problem was that, that uh, uh, I started gaining weight, and her sisters, uh, uh, whom she talked to every day, they, and most of them lived within walking distance of where we lived, and uh, that uh, they were giving her a ration over my weight. Yeah, how did you let them get so fat? Uh, Why aren't you doing something about it? And, uh, and so she tried, she tried, she, uh, you know, uh, established rules for me that uh, uh, where I couldn't uh, have this or that couldn't go back in the kitchen after uh, after dinner, and things like that. And uh, the only thing that it really accomplished was it made me a secret eater. And I got really good at it and I started at a young age and I've told the story many times that I, one of the, uh, uh, one of my uh, binge uh, behaviors was to uh, sneak into the kitchen while the family's watching television, go to the bathroom, sneak out through the back uh, uh, door of the bathroom, into the service porch, and from the service porch into the kitchen. And we had a bread box on the uh, on the kitchen sink. And I would just quietly open that bread box and just crunch up a ball of bread and throw it under the covers of my, my bed on the way back in. And I'd do that two or three times during the night. And then I would have a little bread binge under the covers, when I went to bed later on. And so uh, so then uh, bread became very important for me and uh, it it was part of uh, every meal. And I probably doubled or tripled the caloric intake of any meal with the uh, bread and butter that I would uh, utilize. Uh, and then uh, uh, as time went on, uh, of course, I, I I got to the age of where I wanted to lose weight. Now, it's not, it wasn't just mom, but it was me wanting to lose weight. And so, uh, you know, my first efforts were uh, uh, self-constructed uh, uh, dieting, you know, which was just really restricting in, in, a ver- in various forms. And I would lose weight, but I'd gain it back and I kept getting a little bit more. And uh, went to the Weight Watchers, and then I got to the the point of where uh, whenever I would see anybody that had lost some weight, I'd ask them how. And some of them were going to doctors. i go to those doctors, and I and a lot of them in those days were giving pills, nice little colored pills that uh, were really amphetamines, and met uh, uh, And and so what what happened was that uh, uh, that I would lose maybe thirty or forty pounds, and uh, at any one place and then uh, just uh well I, I i i would think that i came up with the excuse i know now it was the d- disease helping me come up with these excuses Oh, that's uh, too far to drive. There's too much fish on that food plan that they have. Uh, uh, you know, and it, there was all kinds of excuses. And, uh, but uh, I can do it myself. That was usually the bottom line that that would be the final coup de grace for any food plan. I can do it myself. That, uh, that was the line that, uh, that I would uh, uh, bite on and I would try and then I would not do it by myself, I'd I'd gain more weight. And so in 1979, uh, I was uh, 39 years old, and uh, I had the opportunity to participate in a uh, study, uh, a government-sponsored study, and it was for middle-aged men, and they were going to be uh, uh, putting half of the guys in this study on a government- uh design diet and exercise program the other half they were going to let just do whatever and they were going to see it was a really long-term study uh, who was going to die fastest and who was going to have the more health issues and my hope was that i was going to get picked up by the government sponsored diet side of the thing so i went through the screening process and the doctor who was in charge of the of the project their research project Uh, uh, called me into his office and he said, I'm sorry, you're not a candidate for this program and and i said why not and he says because you're going to be dead by the time you're 50 you're just going to mess up our results and we really don't need you and uh and it, it shocked me a lot of people had told me that if you don't do something about your weight uh you're going to uh you're going to die young and i just thought that meant you just tip over dead one day you know and but that's not today's but someday maybe but not today and uh, and i would go on with my uh, eating career and the uh but this time it it really hit home and uh, and it started me on a process that was going to cover. Uh, six or seven years that finally ended up with me in OA. But where it started me out was uh, the Optifast program at UCLA that I, I, I ran across a guy that I knew in business who had been really uh, uh, morbidly obese as I had, uh, as I was at the time. And I and uh, uh, and I asked him, uh, how'd you lose all that weight? You know, he, he, he suddenly was actually thin, actually thin. I didn't recognize him when I first saw him. And he's told me about the Optifast program at UCLA. And I said, okay. So, man, I zoomed over there and I got uh, got myself uh, started. And I, uh, it was wonderful. I lost uh, 156 pounds in nine months. It was awesome. And uh, I was thin for the first time. In my life, and I uh, said, "Boy, this is it. This is the answer." Well, yeah, it, it's a total fast, and you 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 just take some some little packets of stuff, you mix with water, and uh, and that's all that you have, and it doesn't amount to very many calories per day, and it's uh, but it's under very strict. Uh, Regimen, or it was in those days, where that you had to see, come in on Saturday at a certain time, and you had to bring in a urine sample, you had to give a blood sample, you had to talk to the doctor, you had to talk to the nutritionist, you had to talk to the nurse, all of that stuff. And and so uh and so, they, uh, uh, and so I, you know I lost the weight, and I boy, I'm never going to gain it back. I swore as I lost the weight, and I, I I got to go and get skinny guy clothes and everything, and I just really swore I'd never gain it back. And guess what? Once they re- introduced uh, food back into my diet, it was all over. Uh, that I, I, I struggled for a, a short time and not very long, maybe maybe a month. And um, uh, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. and But I couldn't admit I couldn't do it. I uh, did not know anything about being a compulsive overeater. I thought I was just a weak-willed guy that just didn't have what it took and uh i gained it all back and uh and so as i gained the weight back uh, you know there's a phrase in the big book pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization that's what i experienced as i gained that uh, weight back all these people who had been patting me on the back and telling me what a great job i was doing as i was losing the weight suddenly had this this look on their face like what is wrong with you and i didn't know what was wrong with me and uh, so then i i i gained it back. I, I went back, and I restarted a second time at UCLA, lost it a second time. And it was the third time that was the charm. So that happened. The third time when I started back, I gained it back, I, and I started back the third time. And I got down uh, to probably around 275, maybe, uh, uh, and, and weight-wise. And suddenly, this little voice, I know today it's the disease voice, says, you know, you've been doing this a long time. Yeah, you're... Uh, Supposed to be on this total fast, but you know, if if after they get through weighing you on Saturday morning, if you stopped at one of these nice little restaurants here in Westwood uh, that's near the school, uh, that uh, and and had lunch nobody would ever know. You only have lunch one meal a week. Nobody will ever know. And so hey, that sounds like a good idea. I'm gonna give it a try. And so I did and nobody knew. They didn't I, I went back the, the next few weeks and they they didn't spot that I had uh, eaten anything. And and so then the little voice says boy that's really working well. So let's try Sunday brunch. And that was a different story. So you know, they, I had heard once at, uh, that Sunday brunch, or, uh, you know, it's all you can eat for normies. For us, though, it's all you can possibly eat. And that was me. And, uh, uh, and I could not hide that. And they kicked me out of that program. And so I went through this period of time where i was really uh in big trouble and i knew it i could not stop eating i was i was binging uh, almost every not almost every day every night when i got home from work i was binging i binged myself to sleep and uh and i couldn't stop and the uh uh and then i'd always been a secret eater as i told you earlier and so the uh the final thing for me was that i uh started eating in public the way i ate behind closed doors and i couldn't stop and i was embarrassed and i knew it that i was making a spectacle of myself in public and i couldn't stop and i knew then that i was screwed and that there's a page in bill's story where he says quicksand spread in all directions well that's where i was at I, there was no hope for me but then there is a little hope on one of the pages there it says that we uh, reach for the slim reed uh, you know and, and all of a sudden we found the strong hand of god and uh, uh and that's what happened to me i, I went to my first meeting in uh, Skivy. it was uh, it was over on Convena Boulevard, uh, and it was a Tuesday night meeting. And I heard you guys talking about abstinence, and I I, I didn't know what you were talking about, but uh, uh, but it sure sounded good. It sounded a lot better than anything I had. But you guys also were talking about God. That did not sound so good to me. So I did not uh, uh, choose to go back. And I I, I just grabbed a lot of literature, but. The more I thought about it, I thought about the the people who had shared these, very. The, la- the lady that was secretary of the meeting had really a long-term abstinence, but a lot of people there had uh, months, uh, a couple had had some years, and uh, one of the people here at this meeting was at that first meeting that I went to, and uh, uh, I know that uh, when I uh, went back the second time, the Thursday night meeting, it was a setup, God had set it up. Perfectly, uh, the meeting usually met in a uh, room, uh, a classroom in the basement of the Covina Intercommunity Hospital. That night we got ousted, and we had to meet in the doctor's uh, lounge, and, they had, and and it was a meeting room. So I don't know if it, was, if it was a lunch lounge or what, but it was a huge oval table with these plush chairs all around it, and uh, so the people in the meeting were sitting in the uh, in these chairs around the oval table, and so. The the guy that, uh, that was leading the meeting, uh, that night, he picked a topic. Now that's not a meeting where they usually pick topics, but he did that night and he picked miracles. And then he, uh, asked, uh, uh, everybody to share on the miracles that they've experienced so everybody's going around this oval table and finally it comes to me and i just couldn't take it anymore and i says you know those don't sound like miracles to me that's a bunch of baloney those are coincidences and uh and so and instead of saying hey if you don't like what we do here get out you know they, they you know, this lady kind of spoke up and she said well why don't you just keep coming back and maybe you'll see your own miracle? And uh, and and I think that invitation uh, might've saved my life because I, I made the commitment and this is the only thing that I committed to do was to go to the Monday night newcomer meeting that they had at the library and that's it. And so that was Thursday night, come Friday and then Saturday morning and my, uh, my uh, ex-wife, my first wife uh, had, uh, uh, made a big batch of chocolate chip cookies and she's right out of the oven and she comes with this platter and she said, you want some of these? And I said, I don't eat those anymore. And it had happened. I didn't eat them anymore. It, uh, that, and and, and it, everything changed and that's that moment for me. I knew I get emotional every time. The magnitude of the personal miracle that happened is indescribable. I cannot tell you because I was in total bondage one minute and I was free the next. And uh, that was 34 years ago. And um, you know, I can just tell you that uh, 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 that I the only thing I've done perfectly during all that time. Is to keep coming back, and I was told that by two different people who had long-term abstinence when I came in, and they're both still in program and they're and they're both still abstinent. But they they said that the only thing that we've ever done perfectly is to keep coming back, and that and and that's what I've done perfectly. And I've I've often wondered what was the difference. Why all of a sudden. I was free, what, and, but remember I had gone through those nine months of fasting where I didn't eat any cookies for nine months. And uh, what was the difference? And I, I I thought about it. And I think that the difference is that uh, I've been given the power of choice. It's been restored that I don't have not in bondage to the food anymore, that when I have a thought about having something, I can make a decision. Yes, I'll have it. No, I won't have it now. By the grace of God, I've made more good decisions and poor decisions, but I have made poor decisions. And uh, and I remember when I first came in, I, I, I you know I, I saw these people come in even after me, and they would go marching off with these great abstinence back-to-back abstinence that lasted for years and and i'm sitting here struggling and i'm uh, you know why I, I once went through a a food program where you where you had to uh, where you had to get uh, seven uh, seven days of of, of their abstinence or 30 days of their abstinence and uh, uh to move on and i couldn't get it i wrote more slip questions than anybody in the whole history of the world but i was still a hundred pounds less than i used to be and uh, and I still am and uh, and you know and I thank God for that. And uh, all of the things that I've that I've encountered over the years uh, that have, uh, 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 that have just led me to a, a, a deeper and deeper understanding of the spiritual nature of this program and of the steps. And uh, I can't tell you how important that has been to me, that uh, the, the the actual working of the steps, not, not just going to meetings, but actually uh, uh, working the program in conjunction, having a good sponsor, and one that's not afraid to pull my covers, because that's really important uh, to me, that if I, would have had somebody that just would pat me on the head and let me go do my own thing. That wouldn't have that wouldn't have worked for me. So Sandy, I don't know where I'm at time wise. Uh, You have five minutes. Okay, very good. So what is it like today? So what happened? you know, uh, uh, some of you uh, are familiar remember Peter Smith. He was a member of Skivy, that uh, awesome, awesome guy. And, and uh, he was a speaker, and he has moved up to Oregon. I, I hope he's still okay. Uh, okay. Um, anyway, but uh, uh, Peter became a mentor to me and uh, i had a sponsor and uh, the same sponsor i've had right from the very beginning i still have her today but uh, but peter led a men's me uh, men's retreat uh, that very first year i was in program and uh, uh, and he invited me to come over every tuesday to his office in uh, at the optimus boys club and he was uh, uh, working there with these young guys and i uh, uh, would come over and we would sit in his office and he would share things about the big book, about the program and, and things. And, uh, you know, and, I, and, and there was just so much wisdom there. And it was uh, and not until years later that it suddenly dawned on me that he was giving up his lunch hour for me. And in the third edition of the big book, there's a story and uh, it's not, it doesn't appear in the, uh, in the fourth edition. You have, to, you have to grab one of the third editions. Uh, and, uh, and the story is about this guy. He's telling about being in the hospital. He's uh, uh, being uh, detoxed and how these guys that he doesn't even know come to talk to him about the program. And uh, one guy, he said, walked through the snow to get there. And uh, uh, and I started thinking about the snowwalkers of my life, and my sponsor, Carrot, and so many, uh, and Peter, and then uh, so many people that that have touched me in so many different ways. You know, I was supposed to die. When I was 50 years old, just turned 81 in January, working on 82, um, uh, and I, uh, I can just tell you that uh, uh, I have lived more in those uh, these past 34 years than I did in all the years before that, and um, uh, and so I've I uh, Peter told me one of the things he told me was that when you take the third step you really take the third step she says hang on to your shorts because you're in for a hell of a ride and I'll tell you it's been a hell of a ride and uh, I've got a chance a second chance at life I messed up my first chance with my first family and uh uh, I, got a, I got a second chance. I, 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 my, uh, my second wife and I just uh, celebrated 26 years. We have two sons. And so I got to do it a second time. I got to do it with a, a new family. And, uh, and and guess what? Uh, the new family and the old family, because of this program, are totally merged that we just spent the Fourth of July down at uh, Imperial Beach with my ex-wife and all of my seven kids from both marriages. Both wives were there and they're friends. They're f- and, and friendly. Bill, can you yeah. need to wrap up? Great. That does not happen by itself. That happens by working the steps of this program. And uh, and uh, the, I love the reading today. And it talked about uh, uh, that uh, that part about. Uh, uh, be it people being where they're at, that one of the things I've learned is that maybe the reason that I've had the imperfect abstinence is to keep me in the trenches so that I am able to, to reach out to newcomers very easily uh, because I know what it's like. I don't have to remember Totally, I I remember what the binge days were like, but I also know that this food stuff is tough stuff. And uh, and it's always there. It's always waiting in the wings. And every once in a while, it pounces. It's not what happens in my slips and trips and falls. It's what happens next that's important. If the next thing that happens is I pick up my phone and call my sponsor or somebody else in the program, or I share it at a meeting, uh, I'm going to be okay if in, the next thing I do is decide to keep it a secret. Oh, I just won't tell anybody. I'm screwed because I was always a secret eater. The food and secrets uh, is what put me into bondage, and I'm not going back there for anything. I'm going to stay with you guys and uh, and because uh, this is where God revealed himself to me. It wasn't in church. It was here in L.A., and uh, so it's always going to be home. I love the reading Our Invitation to You that comes out of the EOA Brown book. And it's uh, Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous. Welcome home. Thank you.